be a better life. And we thank you for that.
Our lesson today is going to come out of the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 40 through 47. Last week I ended on that. The title of the sermon is, What Are We Supposed to Be Doing in a Time Like This? Uh, real quick, uh, for you live streamers out there, uh, send us a text or uh, send us a quick thing of your worship pajamas that you would be wearing. It is after 9 o'clock. Please put on your daytime pajamas now. Uh, but besides that, for a little bit of humor there... Uh, Comment and let us give us a comment. Either email us or through Facebook or however you can. Let us know that you're watching it. We truly appreciate it. 
You know, this is not the first time that our country or the world has been into this situations. We go back to World War I and all that went there and different uh, flu pandemics and things. World War II. I remember a little further on, I don't remember Kennedy being shot, but uh, President Kennedy, but I remember my mother telling me how the whole world stood still. I remember the 70s, the oil embargoes and the food shortages. And my dad had this saying that I have kept with me, this too shall pass. And so will this. In the late 90s and the early 2000s, the rise of terrorism. The world was changed forever by 9-11. It seems to be in the recent days there's more hurricanes, violent storms in general, earthquakes, and volcanoes. What are we to do as Christians in times like this? <clears throat> First century Christianity was not much different than what's going on today. And so that's what we're going to get our scripture out of, out of this, out of Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to start off at verse 40 here. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received the word were baptized. That day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided, uh, divided them among all as anyone had need." So continually, daily, with one accord, in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. And what we see here is, to put this into a nutshell, what were the early Christians doing? They were being persecuted. There were still earthquakes. There were still bad storms. There were still wars and rumors and wars. All these things that we have today. I can't hear you. Oh, I'm on this mic only. Okay. I don't know about this mic. There we go. Hey, I'm turned back on. Hopefully everybody got that. Uh, now I'm too loud. But so with that, in the first century, there was still all the same problems today. Just at least to them, they thought that the end was coming. But so, so Peter, or Luke actually writes, what was going on in the first church? Number one, they gladly received God's word. They continued in the teaching of God's word. Number two, they worshiped, they prayed, they still received communion. Number three, they were generous to one another. In fact, we see they were generous to a fault. They gave, they sold what they had, the excess they had, and gave to others that were in need. Number four, they kept it simple. I know this is a computer term, and I used to do computer programming called KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. And we need to learn that. Just keep it simple to the basics. Worshiping God. Because number five... Praise God in all things. 
Praise God in all things. All things that we were doing, praise God. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what's going on in our world today, we need to praise God. We need to continue to praise God for all things that are going on. Regardless whether it seems bad to us or not, know that the glory of God will prevail through this. In James, James tells us in chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, Count it with great joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations. People, we are in the tribulation that is causing trials in our lives. And we're supposed to count it with great joy. Because by going through it, by through the suffering, by the coming all the things, we come to rely on God even more. And through that relying on God even more, we are made more perfect in God's sight. See, we're the church. The building does not define us. And I think that's probably one of the greatest things that's coming out of this is too many people were identified to their church building. And God all of a sudden made church buildings irrelevant because we can't meet in them anymore, at least for a short time. And so we're not the church building. We are the people, the hands and feet of Christ. We are the hands and feet of Christ. In fact, as Christians, we should be at this time the community leaders setting by example or leading by example. Being generous to a fault. Being kind and realizing not everybody has the same hope that we have. Not everybody has the same love. Not everybody has a church family. Not everybody has a supportive family. And so therefore, when they're, when they're just angry, when they're bitter, and, and there's no hope, we should be the hope that they see. Be kind and loving to everyone. Everyone, regardless whether they're part of your family, regardless of the church family, or you're at Walmart or Winn-Dixie or somewhere else you have to be to go out to get something. Be kind to the person on the other side. Let them know about the love of Jesus and your hope. We should not be a people that are hoarding stuff. Buying and buying and buying and keep it for ourselves. If we buy in bulk, we give in bulk. As God has given to us, let us generously give back to others. That is how we are the hands and feet of Christ. John Wesley called the time like this, holy community. Where we, we can disagree. We can disagree on infant baptism. We can disagree on communion. But we come together under one community, under the umbrella of Jesus Christ. Sadly, today, churches are still competing. They're competing with Facebook time. They're competing with what we can do better and bigger in the community. This is a time for the church to put down, whether you're a Methodist or a Baptist, you're a Church of Christ, or, or, or a non-denominational, whatever it is. This is a time for the believers to Rise up and be the community helping one another, loving one another, sharing our resources with one another. People, we are at war. We are at war. Now you might think, well, the wars are mellowing out. No, we are at spiritual war. If you cannot see in our country how the spiritual war is being manifest, it is just thrown in our face today. For those who want to continue on with abortion, when God says that my, all life is sacred, many in our country today believe the judgment we are in is because of our sacrifice of children we call abortion. We're in a war that only God can fight. But we can help God. How do we help God? We fight on our knees and in prayer. 
We fight on our knees and in prayer. We fight by quoting scripture. We quote fight by reading scripture. We fight just as they did in the first century church. We continue in receiving God's word. We continue in the, the receiving of it and in the teaching of it. We continue. We just don't go home and be on vacation. We're not just off work or if we can't go to work. We're in to a point where God has given us the opportunity to strengthen our relationship with him. All the distractions are gone. We complain about the sports figures making multi-million dollars. Well, that's gone. We complain about all these things. Unless you've got Netflix and watch boring TV shows all day. God has given us the opportunity to strengthen our relationship with him. And to strengthen our relationship with our family. The war that wages in our country today and throughout the world is the dividing of the family. God has given us the opportunity to stop. Don't be distracted by work. Don't be distracted by all the other things. We're coming together, as my lovely wife said during children's moment. For, for the first time in many times, families are sitting down at the table eating. For the first time in many years, families are praying together. I'm going to promise you the devil is not happy. Israel, the devil brings up something like a, this virus. God's people overcome with good. We overcome all things with good. And we need to be in prayer through his word. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 36. The chapters of the verses right before this. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that God made both this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men, brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you, will, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Peter, Luke records Peter's antidote to our problem today. The antidote is not in a shot. It's not in a pill. It's in the receiving of God's word, repenting, believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and being baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you heard the words read today, were you cut at heart? Did sin that you are hiding pop up in your head? Did anything that goes along come and go? See, you cannot receive fully the power of the Holy Spirit unless you first surrender your whole life to Jesus Christ. You got to surrender all to Jesus. And you got to dig deep down and say, well, Pastor, that attitude of mine. It's because of the life that I lived. If the attitude is not of Galatians 5.22 of loving, kind, penis, peace, long-suffering, and the list goes on, it is not the attitude and the Spirit of God. And we must dig deep down and repent, just as the words say that God will heal our land when, when the country, when we stop doing our evil deeds and we turn our face to God and we give all that we have to God. So let me ask this question to you. Does the word of God today still cut you to the heart? Does it still remind you of your sin? Does it remind you of things that you have gone in your life that are unconfessed? 
See, if this country wants to be healed, out of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, the people must repent. We must be willing to get on our knees and confess our sins and turn our lives towards God. And God will turn his face towards us and heal us. See, the hour is now. The hour, the critical hour is now. You can no longer stand in the door with one foot in sin and one foot in righteousness and God say you're okay. You must choose today. You have to choose today whether I'm going to live a life of pleasing man in the flesh or I'm going to live a life of holiness and pleasing God. The decision is yours today. The word of God says the life that pleases God, the life that crucifies the flesh is the life everlasting and eternal. It is the life that this life is so temporal, but the life to come is the life of eternity. And so you must choose today. You must choose today. Because the court has already said that you are guilty. The court has already said you are guilty of sin, and so am I. And the wages of sin is death. But Jesus has come. Not only as the judge, but also as the Baal's bondsman, if you will. He comes and said, yes, my children are guilty, and I will pay to the last penny, to the last drop of my blood for the price of their sins. See, God has already paid the price for your sin. What we need to do today, while the day is still here, before the last trumpet blows, we must ask for forgiveness of our sins. We must accept Jesus Christ. We must re repent or recommit our lives to Jesus Christ. As we get ready to play the last song, I ask you that very question. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You can't say, well, I went to church with Grandma and Grandpa. It has to be your decision. Do I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? Maybe you have. Maybe you have said those words. Maybe you have been baptized. But you realize today that you got one foot in sin and you're trying to pry the door open to righteousness. Let go of the sin. Recommit your life right now. In the last song, recommit your life to Jesus Christ. And, and let me just bring up one thing. Our email is lakepark, L-A-K-E-P-A-R-K-U-M-C at gmail.com. Or through Facebook. If you have made the decision today, email us or send us a message on Facebook. We'd love to hear about you. We'd love to talk to you more. If you email me, I will call you if you send me your phone number. So as we come, let us come and drop our center clothes and pick up the righteous robe of Jesus Christ as we sing Amazing Grace.
One of the hardest things that I have to do is to surrender all that I have to Jesus. Will you surrender all today as we go to the Lord in prayer? Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us your word to prepare us for a day like today. Lord, we just ask you to continue to be in our lives. Lord, let us surrender all that we have to you, not only our sin, but also the goodness in our lives. Lord, let us come to realize that you are the sole source of life that lives in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us receive that gift of the Holy Spirit and go forth into the world as a beacon of light, a beacon of hope to all that see. And Lord, we ask you to seal us with your power of your Holy Spirit until we can come back together again, whether it's on Facebook Live, YouTube, social media, or in presence. And Lord, we ask you this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Even if you're at home with great excitement, say, Amen. Amen.